Preston Manning, a former conservative MP, leader of the opposition, companion of order, sorry, companion of the Order of Canada, author of uh, a book, a new book. It's called Faith, Leadership, and Public Life, Leadership Lessons from Moses to Jesus to Trump. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Bro, I do want to ask him. I want to go right to it. Uh, Mr. Manning, thank you for being on the show again. I think the last time you were on the show was about, I don't know, eight years ago, something like that. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Drew. Do you have any snow out there? In Are you in Alberta right now? I am in Alberta, yeah. Well, it depends where in Alberta you are. There's a lot of snow in Fort McMurray and very little down south. And you're down south, are you? Are you do you uh, right live near, today. Do you live near Paul Brandt? He's down south. Uh, you know, I live in Calgary, yeah. He's not far from here. <laughs> Paul is a good guy, good friend of the show. He's been on numerous yeah, times. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so what can Donald Trump learn from Moses, and what can Donald Trump learn from Jesus? Ready? Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that he's teachable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, listen, you must look at our world of politics today and just kind of shake your head. I mean, I I know uh, uh, making fun of politicians is just sort of a pastime for many people. It's kind of like low-hanging fruit. Um, but uh, are we not in a kind of a strange state of affairs in the, in the political realm? I mean, gone are the days of Diefenbaker. Gone are the days of... Of um, other Canadian other, politicians, <laughs> no, but I, I look at, at Mr. Diefenbaker, not that I knew him or you know that much about him, but I look back on those those times and I I think there was uh, maybe we just didn't know, but th- there seemed to be a, a lot more integrity amongst those in leadership. Yeah, am I, what, a- what am I missing, uh, Mr. Manning? Well, I, I think one of the dominant characteristics of the current situation is this. Uh, sort of rise of populist sentiment. I mean, that's what's behind Brexit. A lot of that is what's behind uh, uh, Trump. Uh, So one of the challenges in today's politics is how do you uh, respond to and how do you manage uh, uh, populist uh, sentiment, which we can get on that whole subject, because particularly Western Canada has had a long history of dealing with populist movements, uh, which can be turned into constructive things or which can go very badly. But but on your question about character, I think uh, that's actually one of the lessons. That, like, I, I wrote this book mainly because p- people of faith who, who get into the political arena, uh, arena I, I think, need some guidelines to, to help them uh, conduct themselves wisely and uh, and graciously. And, and one of the lessons, uh, particularly out of the life of David is the importance of character. Like when, when we go recruiting candidates today, we often look for knowledge, skills, experience, you know, all of which is important. But uh, there's a great uh, quote, Jehovah speaking to Samuel when he was recruiting the next king of Israel. He said, you guys look on the outward appearance and I look at the heart. So I, I think that, and really that's the point you were making, that uh, a greater emphasis on character in recruiting and supporting public figures would probably improve the, the caliber of our politics. But uh, who would want what? Show me a man of character, a man of of character and humility that would want to put their hat and throw their hat into the arena of politics these days. Why would you want it? Come on. Well, if if your own if your sole interest is your own happiness and your own personal well being, of course you won't do it. 
but but suppose you are dedicated some some cause that's bigger than yourself. Uh, uh, suppose you think the economy could perform better on the basis of some of the ideas that you have. Suppose you're committed to uh, social justice. In, the, in this country, if you're going to get into federal politics, you better have a passion for national unity because this country is so diverse and has so many conflicting interests. One of the primary functions of a, a federal politician is to is to uh, do things that are conducive to national unity. Mm. So if, if you've got some passion or been given some passion, uh, wherever it comes from, for something bigger than yourself, then that's what pulls, I think, quality people into into politics. But, Mr. Manning, was there not a moment, I mean, there must have been a number of moments where you, you got home at night, looked in the mirror and said, why are you doing this? Preston, 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 get out of politics, man. Come on, you're getting crucified. Is you, are you really making an impact? I mean, what did you do when you sunk down into those into those depths of despair of and, and doubting the impact you were actually well, having. Well, no, I, well, I, I never thought of that way. Because I grew up in a political family. My uh, my dad was uh, got into depression politics and was in the Alberta legislature for thirty three years, twenty five years as as premier. He he got in as did as did a lot of people during that period because of these desperate economic conditions. Al- Alberta was flat on her back. Her agricultural economy had been completely destroyed by drought. You had uh, uh, people virtually starving, no hope. And so, and it was those conditions that got him into uh, uh, politics. Well, the same thing got Tommy Douglas in Saskatchewan. Uh, so, and, and so I, I grew up in a political family where uh, there were certain causes that should be pursued and, and followed, and uh, and I endeavored to do that. And I, I, I sure you yeah, there's a lot of things you have to put up with, and and uh, all kinds of uh, things of that nature. But uh, I never questioned that it still wasn't worth doing. Right. So so those days when you were being uh, mimicked on the Royal Canadian Air Force, you know, it it didn't. It didn't ruin you, eh? It didn't take well, a... No, 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 not only that, dude. Those days, the Air Force had 4 million uh, viewers compared to 1.5 million for the CBC News. So if, if you wanted to get your name, <laughs> you were a lot better to get can, on there. Than... Can, you, can, you, can you do an imitation of the guy doing an imitation of you? Can you do... Have you ever done that? No, I haven't, but he actually... Uh, uh, he, he actually instructed me one time about how to be better me. <laughs> no, no, he, he made this point, of course, which uh, people that o- operate in the media all the time, and particularly on t- television, say that you have to crank yourself up 10 to 15% more than what you are in order to come across as how you are, right. because that media tends to uh, suck some of your substance out of you. So he, he did a couple of imitations of me that said, this is how you should be you. So, so <laughs> was he was trying to help crank you up. That's funny. Well, he was trying to help. He my, was trying uh, to help. my buddy here across the board, Tim the Tool, we like to call him, uh, he and I were trying to do our best Preston Manning uh, imitations earlier in the show. And we just sounded like we yeah. were we had helium okay. voices or something, no, you know? But <laughs> you don't sound like that at all. You sound like your voice is dropped. Well, maybe so. Maybe that's something <laughs> age does today. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You're more relaxed now. Uh, but, Tim, you wanted to ask Mr. Manning a question? Yeah, Mr. Manning, we talked about national unity. Uh, the other question I have with regards to politicians, specifically in Canada, we've generally got a pretty good reputation in the world. 
What does it matter? Is it an important thing to have a, a strong reputation, a, a, a quality reputation in the world, or we should just be focusing on the national part? Well, I, I, I think it's important to have a good international reputation, but I think there's a lot of exaggeration about Canada's international reputation, mainly done by people that are trying to create it. And I think, particularly in that national politics, your biggest emphasis has to be on serving the needs and the interests of this country. You do that properly, do it right, do it democratically, do it in a way that enhances the economy, maintains our unity, uh, enhances democracy. You'll get, uh, you'll get an international reputation. But I think if you wake up in the morning thinking about what can I do to enhance our international reputation. It's a little bit like these political people that are always working on their legacy. Um, my, my father used to say that uh, thinking on your legacy, particularly when you're in office, is like driving a car by watching in the rearview mirror. What you'll likely do is run into a tree and that'll be your legacy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, again, on the line here with Preston Manning, a conservative, former conservative MP, leader of the opposition, companion of the Order of Canada, and author of a new book that we're chatting about. Well, we're going to be chatting about a lot more here, but it, uh, all of our conversation has to do with this book. Author of Faith, Leadership, and Public Life, Leadership Lessons from Moses to Jesus. Let me ask you, Mr. Manning, and can I, hold on, i got to pause here for a second. I keep calling you Mr. Manning and, uh, because of one reason only. There are very few politicians I care about, trust, or respect. You happen to be one of them. But it, it doesn't serve you well, I don't think, to be, to be a, 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 I don't know, the kind of guy you are in politics. Because I think in order to rise to the top, you have to be a bit of a jerk. Do you not? No, I don't. I don't think so. No, and if you ever concede that, then uh, how are you going to get uh, you know people with, like you were saying, character or high ideals uh, uh, into the political arena? I, I don't think one should concede that. And there's a lot of people in the political arena who get very little publicity and don't go looking for it, but who who do very good uh, good work, you know, and the ones that are jerks get the attention, and the minute they get the attention from the media. Mm-hmm. I knew members of parliament that, I knew one member of parliament that spent one hour of preparation in putting a speech together for one minute of speaking time in the House. I knew others who made it up as they were going into the chamber. And as as long as the ones making it up going into the chamber said something that resonated within the, the six-hour news cycle, they would get more publicity from the gallery than the guy that spent one hour for one minute. Uh, so there's a lot of people making contributions and investing themselves that maybe don't get a lot of attention, but uh, that doesn't mean they're not fair, and that doesn't mean they're not fair contributing. Okay, so what... How would you concisely describe the different leadership styles of Moses and Jesus? Was Is there something that separate? like Moses was more of a this and Jesus was more of a that? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's a very, very good question. In a way, it's a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament or the, the, the Hebrew Scriptures and the, the Christian Scriptures. The, the, the big thing about Moses and the, his whole leadership with the Israelites was reliance on the rule of law, 
like the conceptual framework is that men and human beings are separated from God by evil and, and they're separated from each other by conflicts and evils and tensions and all the rest. And the name of the game is to reconcile uh, human beings to God and reconcile human beings to each other, social justice. And the big way that that was to be done in ancient Israel was by the rule of law. Uh, and they had, and like we think we got a lot of laws. They had laws that covered every single thing you could think of, with dire penalties uh, uh, prescribed for breaking them, and uh, huge benefits and blessings uh, promised for keeping them. And what was the? Here's a nation that's dedicated to achieving personal well-being and, and social justice through the rule of law. And what was the conclusion of their latter-day prophet? that law was not enough, that unless those laws could be written on the tablets of the heart, and not just on tablets of stone or in statute books or uh, in on parchment, law was not enough to achieve social justice or personal well-being. And that was Jesus' position now, years and years later. So he comes along and says there's a different approach to reconciling the people to God and a different approach to reconciling them to each other. And you have a different model in the in the New Testament, where the, the approach there is you need a mediator, not a judge is distant from everybody. No, this is a mediator who incorporates and embodies both sides. He was called the Son of God, he was called the Son of Man. Uh, a mediator who communicates intensively with both sides, with God through prayer, with people through teaching, and who then figures out what's necessary to reconcile these differences and what it would cost, and pays the price of reconciliation himself rather than demanding that the offending party do so, which is how the legal system would work. And so you have uh, both Moses and Jesus are interested in the reconciliation of uh, people to God and people to each other, but in Moses' case, it's by the rule of law. By Jesus, it's by a different approach, a self-sacrificial mediation. And I, I think those are uh, profound concepts, uh, and then they're very relevant if you're a legislator. If you, if you read the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, the very first paragraph says, whereas Canada is founded upon uh, uh, principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. And the rule of law has got a huge positive role to play, but if you think you can achieve the just society or personal happiness just by adhering to rules, Jesus says, no, you need something different. Mr. Manning, you've just explored the differences between the leadership of Moses and the leadership of Jesus. At the risk of kind of diverting away from the, the point of your book and the message of your book, was there someone else in your life whose leadership you uh, tried to emulate? And, and you can't say your father. Well, someone that I very much... I was a great believer in issue campaigns. Like I started, we had the Reform Party, which was starting new, and, and, and uh, we would seize on an issue, and then you, you campaign on the issue. You try to get it higher in the people's consciousness so that other people, political people, have to pay attention to it, or, or you try and get more support for a particular um, course of action. We, we used to crusade on fiscal responsibility, we crusaded on reforming the Senate, etc. And in the British parliamentary tradition, one of the most classic issue campaigns, and, and it, it was waged mainly by people of faith, was the Wilberforce mm -hmm. 
uh, campaign against the, first the slave trade and against slavery. And I've got a big chunk in this book. I've studied that Wilberforce campaign backwards and forwards. There are just incredible lessons in that that are still relevant today. They, they invented many of the civil society mechanisms today, from pamphleteering to boycotts and all the rest of it. But uh, I, I guess William Wilberforce would really be uh, one. That, and, and, of course, the, the issue they were dealing with, they're the hardest ones to deal with. They were dealing with a moral issue. It wasn't just an economic and social issue. It was a moral issue, which was the hardest ones to handle in the public arena. So oh. William Wilberforce would be one of my heroes. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, you know, I, I think, <clears throat> maybe I'm wrong here, but didn't there's a guy there's a guy we know from the show here, Eric Metaxas, and I think yeah. he may have written about... Yes, yes. In fact, in my book, I, I, there's dozens and dozens of books on Wilberforce, but I, I basically quote from three of them, and, and his is one. His, his, is, his one. is very good. Oh, he's yeah. so good. Did you read his book on Bonhoeffer? No, I don't think so. Oh, man. I mean, it's. Just, I, I'm going to say it's probably going to end up being a seminal work. It was just an absolutely astounding... It's almost like, you know, when... Um, when um, oh, my I, sorry, Mr. Manning, I've just... My brain just fried right now. Um, oh, Conrad Black. Gee. You know, you get to an age, Mr. Manning, where coming up with pronouns is like passing a kidney stone. <laughs> it's just... Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, you know, when Conrad Black writes a biography... It's it's a it's a weapon of mass destruction if you if ever thrown anywhere it's just yeah, this oh, yeah. monster very of a book capable. very capable well so Eric Metaxas put together the same kind of a thing on Bonhoeffer so anyway this isn't an Eric Metaxas interview no, this is a Preston Manning interview um, Tim another question I, I can see you chomping your bits over there yeah I think it, Mr Manning you just mentioned uh, Wilberforth as, uh, as Wilberforth uh, Wilberforth <laughs> sorry I, that's I, his son who's had some ice cream team. ice cream in my mouth um, as as someone you look up to I'm wondering you know history is one of those things you can always look back, you know, and say, oh, the good old days. But when you really look at it, you kind of go, maybe not as good as we thought. I'm thinking, who is it now, anywhere in the world? Is there anybody, politician, anywhere in the world now that's doing it well, whether it's Canadian, British, you know, anywhere in the world, Russian, Mr. Manning? Well, it's, uh, yeah, that's very hard to to say. There's there's all kinds of... uh, um, people that are making uh, major efforts. I, I, the reason I hesitate is because if I name somebody, of course, I, I, it ends up being partisan because our, our arena is is uh, organized in uh, in a partisan uh, a partisan way. But, yeah, but you're uh, you're out of the business, uh, think, so it well, doesn't really matter. Mer- Mer- I think Merkel in uh, Germany is uh, is someone that. Uh, uh, one can certainly learn a lot from, and that has conducted herself at a pretty uh, at a pretty high level and a pretty competent uh, level. Cool. Um, on the line, and about to say goodbye to uh, Mr. Preston Manning, conservative uh, former. I keep saying conservative MP. He's a former. Con- that's fair. You're not a you're not a current conservative MP. You're a, you're a leader, former leader of the opposition, a companion of the Order of Canada, author of this book, uh, Faith, Leadership, and Public Life: Leadership Lessons from Moses to Jesus. Uh, by the way, I want to throw this website out there: Manning Center. Uh, that's ca- uh, spelled Canadian with an R-E, manningcenter.ca. Um, I, I guess what I want to know in closing is, is this a religious book? 
Well, not not per se. It, it's it's really aimed at uh, well, at t- at two audiences. One is faith-oriented people who want to get in the political arena, and I, I make a big thing of Jesus' guideline when he sent his gang out to do public work when he told them be wise as serpents and gracious as doves, and and he didn't say be vicious as snakes and stupid as pigeons. The 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 <laughs> other, but the other audience that I'm t- trying to talk to is people who don't share a faith perspective but want to understand how faith-oriented people operate in the public arena. And today you you have to do that, uh, whether you have a faith perspective or not. There are other people in the world that do and are very involved politically, particularly uh, uh, through the Islamic uh, uh, movement. It's interesting, when I've given these lectures at at universities, mainly at UBC, uh, the students that show the most interest afterwards tend to be from uh, Africa and uh, South America, because they say, look, you in North America, you've banished faith from the political arena, and you're not supposed to talk about it here. But in our countries, you can't do that. You can't involve yourself in Nigerian politics and and say you're not going to talk about faith because uh, all your opponents will be. You've got in uh, South America, you've got political parties whose origins are in faith communities, and, and unlike here, where we apologize for it or don't say anything about it, there they're quite proud of it and build on it. So uh, hopefully this book would be useful to not not just to faith-oriented people getting into the political arena, but others uh, that want to understand that phenomena, because it's a reality in the modern political world. Uh one of these days, you're actually, this sounds so trite, but you're actually somebody I'd like to meet. You really are. Mr. Manning, I appreciate what you've done for our country, because when I compare to what I've done for this country, you kind of, um, well, you win, basically. Yeah. Well, wait till the judgment day to figure that out. Okay. All right. All no, right. no, he doesn't no, want to do that. No, wait for that. Don't make it worse. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, well, again, the book is called Faith, Leadership, and Public Life, Leadership Lessons from Moses to Jesus. The website is manningcenter.ca, with an R-E, manningcenter.ca. Mr. Manning, Merry Christmas to you, sir. Okay, well, thank you very much. Pleasure to chat. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.